Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 158 with Kyle Hunt of Remodel Your Marketing. And uh, soon to be a change there, but you'll have to listen to the episode to, to learn about what's going on. But Kyle and I go way back. This is a fun conversation. We actually chatted for about you know 45 minutes before just about a bunch of different things. Kyle's a great, really smart business individual and has helped a lot, a lot of companies over the years. And uh, he's a business coach and a business coach for remodelers. He's the owner of Remodel Your Marketing. He also offers one-on-one coaching. He does some, some courses on different topics, whether that's marketing, your sales process, and very importantly, helping you understand and improve your business financials. I and mean, he's really dedicated his work focusing on making you a better remodeler and helping you achieve your business goals, as well as kind of that work-life balance that I think we're all chasing after. Kyle is in Michigan with his wife, Sarah, and four kids. And I would also just encourage you to go find Kyle. He has a great podcast, which you can find at remodelersontherise.com. And then he has an amazing Facebook group full of good conversation, thoughtful questions. And that is over at remodelerscommunity.com. In this conversation, we're going to dive into some practical tips for if you're just starting out as a remodeling construction business... But what we uncovered is really that these these things are super applicable to people at the beginning of the journey, maybe just a few years in, and then people that are 10, 20, 30 years in as kind of a relook at some things that maybe should have been set up that never did. So I think you'll get a lot out of this conversation. And with that being said, let's dive in. Again, this is Kyle Hunt on episode 158. Hey, Kyle, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Spencer. We just went from talking about you know a variety of things to saying, hey, we should start the recording. And literally, you clicked recording and got immediately into, hey, thanks for being back to the show. You're a professional. That's how we do it around here. you know. Well, as you know, I'm going to hit people with that fancy intro later so I can okay. tee you up. You know? So they'll all already have listened to that at this okay. point. You know? Very good. <laughs> well, if you, guys, if you guys haven't heard Kyle before, you should definitely pay attention in this conversation and then go check out his podcast. And he's got some cool stuff going on. But Kyle and I go way, way back. And I always forget when it was, but it was probably mm-hmm. like 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Yeah, Does that sound right? Old Mar- we're just old married men with, with kids and receding hairlines. And we're just... Oof, you're not kidding. Yeah. It's a long, so, long time. Luckily, it's I guess this is just going to be podcast. So me yeah. taking off my hat and showing I'm balder than Spencer. Yeah. Um, for the YouTube listeners, they'll enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. But it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been definitely over a decade. Yeah. And uh, we, we've been doing just some different conversations for different stages of businesses. And what I wanted to just kind of dig into today was really like, what are some things people should be thinking about from the start? And I think this will be helpful for those people that actually are listening that have a relatively new business. 
they just maybe took over a business and it's kind of a time to like reset. Or maybe you've had a business for a long time. And you're like, dang it, I actually didn't do that. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. the, the info will apply to most people, but really kind of looking at it through that lens of like, hey, if you're going to start a remodeling business today, what are the first couple of like moves that you should really make and, and make sure you get in place? Yeah. So yeah, we'll start with there of just what are those first couple moves, but I'll, I'll just want to add a few more things before I answer that question. It is always a good question to ask ourselves if you've been in business for six years or 12 years of like, what would I have done differently then knowing what I know now? Because oftentimes when you do reflect on that, there's still some of those things that you need to take more seriously, that you need to go back and kind of fix in your business, that you need some additional training on and systems on. So this is definitely applicable If you're listening to this and you're just getting ready to start or you just started, I mean, this is right between your eyeballs. Um, But even if you've been in business for a while, these are good things to be thinking about. So that first question of what would be your first couple of moves if you're starting a remodeling business? The things that come to my mind, and you'll hear me say this, this word over and over again, I think, as we go through a lot of these questions, is your numbers. Your numbers. You are starting your business not because you are a uh, financial expert, you know how to read your PL, you are just in love with job costing, and you are, I want to start my business so I can dial in my QuickBooks. That is not why 99.9% of remodelers and contractors start their business. They start it because you are skilled and gifted at doing the work. Sometimes, maybe even skilled and gifted at leading a team to do the work, but often you're just skilled at doing the work. So, you're a skilled person when it comes to the trim work and the carpentry work or the plumbing work or the electrical work, but not necessarily on the numbers. So, you're, you're listening to me, who has been a business coach for remodelers and contractors for 14 plus years, who have coached hundreds of people. And my first piece of advice is you have to dig into the numbers, you have to understand why you charge what you charge. You have to understand the costs that go into doing the business. You need to get your QuickBooks or your financial P&L set up clearly right up front. And if you don't know how to do that, find somebody who does and set aside money to invest in that. So that's the first move is really understand your numbers. I like that you started with that one because I, I've been doing just a little bit of research recently around just businesses and kind of survival rate and you know all those kinds of things. And if you really break it down to like, I forget what the percentage is, a very high percentage of businesses that fail. But the reason a business fails is you run out of cash. And if you don't mm-hmm. nail your numbers, just like you said, you know, you could be great at what you do. But if you're not charging enough or you have, you know, you're spending too much per job or whether it's time or labor, like eventually you'll just run out of money and you, and then you can't do what you love and you can't serve those customers. So yeah. How many, how many people starting their business are are starting it because it's like, you know what? I'm sick of working for this guy and I can do it better. All right. You're starting this business with a lot of bravado. Well, guess what? (laughs) When you get in there and you're not making squat, and you're working twice as hard as you did before, all of a sudden reality smacks you upside the head and you realize, wow, this is harder than I thought and I really need to understand these numbers. So that, that is a huge one. And then right, right after that, I would go to, my first couple moves is the sales process. Getting Investing in some sales training, understanding that you need to have a process that you walk people through. It doesn't need to be complex. It doesn't need to be you know, difficult. But 
how do you elegantly lead somebody through the buying process? How, what questions do you ask? How do you dig underneath the surface to understand their wants and needs and fears and expectations? Sales training and having a sales process is another move that if you start that early on can go a long, long ways. A lot of people wait for years and years to take their sales process seriously. So getting involved in that early on would be a second first move, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, you'll you won't have projects unless you can learn to sell. And yeah, I mean that is that is a very learnable skill. I know that was something that when I first started this business, it was like I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I just was good at marketing. You know, the craft, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like, oh, I got to learn all this other stuff. I mean, you realize you won't actually be able to do the skill you <laughs> like doing unless you. Yeah. And, a yeah. and, and getting real practical on both of those things. It's easy for me to say and for you to hear, and you've heard it 20 different times from 20 different people. If you consume any type of content on improving your contract or remodeling business, you need to know your numbers. Okay, that's easy to say, but how do I do that? Go to YouTube and type in, you know, understanding your numbers as a remodeler. That would be a place to start. Even more practical, buy Markup and Profits by Michael Stone. And don't just buy it. But do you know, Spencer, studies have shown that Buying a book and not opening is a bad investment. But if you buy a book and you actually read it, the ROI on that is like off the stinking charts. So buy... Yeah, (laughs) almost infinite, really. Almost infinite. If anybody's interested in in the research study on that, I can send it to you. But mark up and profit and read that. He will challenge you and he will make it very practical and easy to understand. Go pick up profit first whether the original one by Mike Michalowicz or whether the one specifically for contractors by Sean Van Dyke, read it. If you read those books and, and it's going to challenge you and it's going to bring a lot of clarity to understanding the numbers, that's where I'd start there. And on the sales process side, I'm trying to find the book on my shelf. It might be over there, but there's a really cool book by Sandler Sales Training that what I like about it, it's like 50, oh, it's called the Sandler Rules. R-U-L-E-S. And it's 49, like two, three pages each of like, here's a little sales training on this topic. It's a great place to start. The other place, I do a lot of sales training. So there's videos, there's podcasts that I've put out specifically around sales training. Spencer, he had our boy, Brian Kaplan, who's also a coach consultant in the remodeling industry. They did like a four or five series thing just on the sales process. The information is out there. Make sure that you invest your time and energy in it. By the way, Literally everything I just said there is going to cost you like $84 total. total. If you're just starting out, you don't have thousands of dollars to hire somebody one-on-one coaching. So that's practically how you do those things. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And that's, I mean, that's the big key is you got to just take the action, start the learning, you know, get in there and and you'll make some mistakes. But if you punt that decision, the mistakes and the the challenges pile up a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Brian Kaplan might be listening to this, but Spencer, you would say for everybody to hear that I am a better guest than Brian Kaplan, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say it here, but but I won't send this episode to Brian. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good he's a good All right. friend. Yeah, he's a great guy. He knows his stuff as well. What's what's obnoxious is actually he's a lot smarter than me. So it's hard for me to be like, listen to my stuff when Brian's stuff's right there, but that's all right. <laughs> well, uh, you you kind of mentioned limited budget, you know, and so investing in a couple of these, you know, either free, you know, content or you know, buying a couple of books, you know, on the on the marketing side, marketing leads to sales, you know, you got to generate some opportunities, you know. What should people be thinking about early on when you don't just have 
you know, tons of money to invest in all these different channels and these different marketing initiatives. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you get those first few projects? Yeah. So I'd start when it when it comes to marketing, just real practically, the definition of marketing: getting someone who has a need to know, like, and trust you. Getting someone who has a need to know, like, and trust you. That's what marketing is. And if I were in somebody's shoes where I don't have much budget to put towards marketing, I mean, really practically speaking, if I'm just starting my business, I'm getting together a list of all of my friends and family, organization, church friends that I'm a part of, extended family, high school buddies, college buddies. And I am crafting a one-page letter that just says, hey, this is your friend, blah, blah, blah. And this is what I'm up to. This is the type of work I'm doing. This is the area I'm serving. And I'm just kind of sending this out to announce it. I got a couple of business cards in here. Here's a link to my website. And anything you can do to, to kind of spread the word, or if you know somebody that might be in need of these services, I would appreciate it more than you know. Thanks so much. How about that for practical? Get that out there. That's going to get some things buzzing. Follow up that letter with phone calls. There's 40 people on that list that you could pick up the phone and say, hey, I just have made it a point as I start my business. I'm trying to make five phone calls a week. And I sent that letter out a couple of weeks ago and just wanted to make sure you got it. And you know, anything you can do to, to help or to spread the word is really, really appreciated. That's like super, super practical. So I would do that. I would do that if I was just starting out. You need to have a website. It doesn't need to be crazy sophisticated, but you need to have a website up and going. So that's a priority. The other practical thing is I would go to BNI, Business Network International, BNI.com or .org, and I would look for a local BNI chapter. I don't recommend this for all of my clients. Sometimes it's not a great fit. But if you're just starting out in business, what BNI does is it forces you to network each and every week. You go to a meeting at 7 a.m. on Thursday at 12 o'clock on Wednesday, and you're in a room with 20, 25, 28 other business owners, and you're there to network. You're there to pass referrals. And it does a few things. One, straight up lead generation. Two, it helps you build know, like, and trust with a group of people who know a lot of people. And three, it helps you refine your marketing message, your sales process, and it gets you to stand up in front of 30 people and talk about your business. And when you do that week in, week out, that is, a, that is a skill that um, you develop and you learn and you just get more comfortable around people. So that would be another thing I would I wholeheartedly recommend. Yeah, that's great. That's several actionable things. And, and what, you know, for you guys listening, the thing that I'm picking up on here is like, hey, you're just starting. So a lot of these things are time-based and they're, you know, some will cost a little bit of money, but they're pretty low dollar, you know, and as you start to scale up, you'll start looking at trading more dollars instead of time. But early on, I mean, that's really the way to go, unless you just have a bunch of seed capital and you're like ready to roll. But I would say that's small percentage. Yeah, then hire Builder Funnel. Yeah, exactly. Then just throw all your money at us. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'd say I'd say one other thing that that gets outside a little bit of the practicality is you have to realize, and, and I have to realize this as a business owner in 2020, 21, Spencer needs to realize this, all my remodeling clients, contra, everybody needs to realize this, is that part of your job and part of your responsibilities as a business owner is you are a content creator. You're a content creator. You need to be thinking about creating content. So the other thing, if I'm just starting out and I got a little bit of an interest or knack in this is I am recording videos and showing little things I'm doing on projects. I am always thinking about what I do that's unique and different. I'm writing up stuff. I'm taking a picture of a unique project and I'm posting it on my Facebook business page. And depending on how you roll, you might also put it on your personal page. But think through, okay, I'm a content creator. What is interesting that I can document? Gary Vee says, document the process. 
you know, just document what you're doing day in and day out, the type of work you're doing, this, this thing that you fixed, this beautiful, you know, new floor that you just installed, these new countertops you just installed. Take pictures of them, write some sentences, get brave, get in front of a camera and say, hey, Kyle here with Kyle's Remodeling. What I wanted to show you today is a lot of times people cut corners when it comes to installing windows. And these are a few things that we do to make sure this lasts, you know, for the years and years to come. Here's a little training and teaching on this. You know, talk about job site, you know, cleanliness, show your bill clean system, show, you know, how you clean the job site. So things like that, that would be the other marketing related thing is I'd start practicing and publishing content. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, Really, since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. And two, I know it can be intimidating, like getting in front of the camera or shooting, you know, just do the point and shoot to start, you know, you can be behind the the video camera, but we're so fortunate that this industry, I mean, you're set up to shoot video and take pictures like of the work you do. It's physical, it's real, it's, you know, there's demo, but then there's the finished product. Like it's all interesting. I mean, they have lots and lots of TV shows for a reason. People like this stuff. So I'll share, uh, I'll share one more, I'll share one more thought on that. I've always been like, just get in front of the camera, just just record it, just do it. And I've seen very few clients actually do it. So my advice has almost changed here recently to just take a picture and write a couple sentences and, po- and post it. And like just it. the more you do, the better you get at it. And I guess the other thing I would say is, what is Spencer and I doing right now? What are Spencer and I, what, what is, what is Spencer and I doing right now? We are recording a podcast. I'm not getting paid to do this. Spencer's not getting paid to do this. What's the strategy behind us doing this? And what are we talking about? Are we selling our services? Are we telling, you know, here's how many blog posts I can do and here's what I, we're not selling anything. We are teaching. Getting someone has a need to know, like, and trust you. When you're creating content that truly helps, that is offering great advice and help, it builds know, like, and trust. So what we're doing right here, just literally free value add stuff is what fuels our business. It's the same thing for modelers. The more value add, show the process, teach people, all of that, it works. It's a longer term game. It takes time sometimes. But what we're doing is exactly what I'm just asking you guys to do. Yep. Yep. No, I love it. You've always been good at practicing what you preach. So yeah, I I often will do that with other books I read or people I follow that are, you know, maybe some big name brands is kind of like, 
why are they doing what they're doing? And if you mm-hmm. kind of just ask that question, then sometimes you go, maybe I should apply that to my business. Absolutely. Well, let's shift gears a little bit because I think one of the most helpful things is actually talking about mistakes to avoid. I think putting some things in place to do it the right way is huge. But man, <laughs> if you can just avoid a couple of big mistakes, even that can save you a lot of heartache. Are, are there anything anything that comes to mind like that people should just like, hey, don't do these couple of things? The biggest mistake to avoid is not to make mistakes. Let's move yeah. on. No, yeah. two, two things that come to my mind, a couple things. One, in part- one that starts out with how I started this whole thing is not charging enough. The biggest mistake to avoid right out of the gate is not charging enough. And what I have experienced as I walk people through understanding their financials, teaching them about markup, teaching them about job costing and profit margins, et cetera, is that like 90% of what you charge is between your two ears. It is so emotional and mental. It is so, you know, can I charge that much? You know, I heard so-and-so is charging less. I'm just starting out. I don't have the experience. That there's a million voices in your head telling you why you shouldn't charge what you charge. Let's get rid of the emotion aspect of it. And number one, understand your numbers. When you're really grounded in, I need to bring in X amount per month or X amount per year, that helps tremendously. But so often we start by not charging enough. And what that While you usually are charging enough to pay yourself and to have a little bit of a wage coming in, you're not charging enough to actually have money to invest back in the business. The biggest thing I would say is if I'm just starting out, talk to me and explain to me why you charge what you charge and tell me why it's enough. And then let's poke holes in a little bit. Let's build up your confidence to charge more. That's the biggest mistake. I have a couple more, but any thoughts on that one? Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to the, you know, like you said, the numbers, but I mean, if you're not charged enough, you're not making a profit then you you can't invest. Then if you hit a slow time, like now you're not paying yourself and like eventually you just run out of business and you're out of business. And then you're like, well, I guess I'll just go work for somebody else instead. Yeah. And and then you're kind of back to where you were trying to avoid. So yeah. And, and I also think too, if you can get that right from the start, then that doesn't become a mental block later. And you're going to have to go through this mental block at some point if you're, if you're not charging enough. And sometimes that leads to attracting the wrong type of clients. Yeah. The other thing on this topic of mistake to avoid out of the gate, it looks differently for, for each, people, each person, but it's just around that topic of who's your first hire and how are you going to make that happen? And you know, to already be thinking about that, to be planning for that, perhaps to already have that baked into your budget. There's a lot of wisdom in charging what you need to charge in order to hire somebody for months in advance of you actually hiring them. What if you could be charging a certain amount where there's more gross profit dollars sitting there and you're starting to tuck some of that away and saying, you know what, when I have six months, when I have four months, when I have five months of their salary, of their pay, monthly pay set aside, then I can be confident in hiring somebody. So just be thinking about that hiring topic of who is my first hire, setting a goal of when that's going to happen, understanding how you're going to be able to do that. Because that first hire, that second hire, it's it's such a, a difficult jump from doing all of the work yourself to now paying somebody else to do it. It's a, it's a tough jump to make. So that's the other thing is to be thinking about that and planning for that right from the get-go. See, we must be an old married couple because that was my finishing part of that statement, which was investing in the business. So I appreciate you. So let's talk about the first employee a little bit. You know, do you have a sense of like what role that should be, or is it just totally dependent on the person? This is part of the reason I love working with remodelers specifically, and, and I suppose contractors could be tossed in there as well. But there are so many different ways to slice this. 
you know, there, there are clients of mine doing $4 million of revenue and they have zero field employees. There's clients of mine doing $4 million of revenue or $3 million of revenue, and they've got 12 people in the field. There's so many different ways to slice this. So if you decide, you know what I'm going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my business and then I'm going to really work to develop my network of trade partners. A lot of people call them subcontractors. They're not sub anything. Call them trade partners. You know, I'm going to get my electrician going. I'm going to get my plumber going. I'm going to find somebody to do tile work. I'm going to get find somebody to do drywall. So now all of a sudden, as you're building, you were doing drywall work, but now you have a company that comes in and does that for you. You just allow yourself to produce more volume of revenue, make more money without doing more work yourself. So you could develop your trade partner network and not actually hire somebody. That's one route you could go. Oftentimes, I see where there's an office hire, like a part-time office hire, Sometimes I see the first hire being a helper in the field. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of different ways to slice it. But here's, here's one way to kind of help us think about it. The way I like to think about how you use your time as a business owner is putting the tasks that you're doing in three buckets, $10 an hour work, $100 an hour work, and $1,000 an hour work. And if you start paying attention to how you're spending your time, if you as the business owner is do, are doing, for example, taking out the trash and cleaning up a job site, I would say arguably that's quote unquote $10 an hour work. That means you don't have time to be doing more valuable $100 work, putting together that detailed estimate and getting that back in a quick amount of time and not making people wait for it. Or the $1,000 work, which could be when you're early starting on, it could be actually doing the craftsmanship on the on the job and doing the finished carpentry work. But oftentimes it's digging into your numbers, strategy work, planning. That's your most valuable work. That's your quote unquote thousand dollar work. So as you start paying attention to it, I mean, when I started my business, I was doing everything, right? And we do everything. But then you start to identify, okay, what are some of the things that I can start to delegate? What are some of the things that I can hand off? And sometimes that means part-time bookkeepers. Sometimes that means virtual assistant. Sometimes that means trade partners. Sometimes that means full-time employees. But as you start to identify some of those things, you find you start finding some solutions for them. Could look a variety of ways. So it's not, I don't have a specific answer for that, but that's some strategy that, that I like to walk people through. Yeah, I think that's a good framework for thinking through it. And I'll just share my take on it too, is I've, I've always felt like the sales side should be one of the last to try to, you know, delegate and then potentially even just like, I, I guess, marketing strategy or even like, I, I think in a perfect world content, you know, especially like we talk about video, like if you're, if you're focusing all your time on brand and sales, like that's revenue generation, like all the other pieces can be you know, trained and filled in. And and mm-hmm. that's not to say you can't outsource marketing or find hire a salesperson or any of those types of things. But I think early on, like those are so critical to the success of surviving that if you try to outsource those, like nobody else is going to care as much as you until you actually can do it and systematize it and then kind of outsource it. So yeah. Anyway, all right. I know you're you're a busy guy and we're running out of time, but I got a couple more questions if we can squeeze them in. Let's talk revenue Spencer, goals. I am, I am a pretty busy guy. I got a full schedule, but I can carve out another six minutes for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we shouldn't say busy. We should say productive or kind of getting hungry. It is almost lunchtime. Yeah. Well, we're a little earlier. It's yes. snack time for me. So yeah. <laughs> um, what do you have first? What do you have? We got time to talk about meaningless things. What's okay. a what's a good snack? What's what's the snack for you? Are you a healthy snack guy? Like what would you what would you have as a mid morning snack out there in Colorado? Yeah, basically a protein shake. Keep it simple or a protein bar. Mm. 
So Costco, Premier okay. Protein, 30 grams, 160 calories. I don't know the stats at all, but you know, something like that. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you'd have an obnoxious answer like that. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm annoying. Okay. But that's why people listen to the podcast because they can, they can just listen and be like, oh, and they can just take all their rage out on, on the listening and then yeah. move on. And also, but part of it also is sometimes you hear that like, ah, next time, that's what I love about going down rabbit holes. One, I, I just like going down rabbit holes. But two, somebody's takeaway from this and amongst all the other things we shared was next time they walk through Costco and they see that protein shake, they're like, crap, that would be a good idea. If I just bought that, and because Spencer mentioned it, it made me think of it, I could do that for my snack in the morning or my, you know, skip a skip a lunch and drink that. And all of a sudden now I got some got some momentum going with my... Yep, I, I, I find I have more energy for the business stuff and I feel better. And, and I'm very much a routine person. So I have the same pretty much breakfast and snacks every day. If I can, it's the same lunch, it's Chipotle and then a little variation with dinner. So... <laughs> People don't uh, want to hear about your Chipotle love anymore. They've listened to you enough. They're like, he talks about it all the time. Jeez. You know, the funny Has thing, anybody, I, I hardly ever talk about it on the podcast. So this oh, really? Has anybody ever sent you a Chipotle gift card in the mail? Sadly, no. Wow. Can only, they, can only people, Chipotle, which all right. is kind of the gift card of all gift cards. Is I wow. They, coins. they Interesting. So listen, Spencer works his face off doing these podcasts. You have listened. If you're listening to this, it means you listen regularly. You've gotten value from it. If somebody, here's, here's what I'm doing. Actually, I have like four or five nice courses that I have. That's got a lot of value behind it. Knowing your numbers, actually how to charge for design and project development. If you send Spencer a Chipotle, am I saying, am I pronouncing it right? You got it. Yep. If you're my son, it's Pochole, but he's Pochole. He's learning. Chipotle. If you send him a Chipotle gift card, Spencer's going to take a picture of it and text me, text it to me when he receives it. And then I am going to send that person a link to all of my different courses. And you can select one. You can select the thousand dollar one and you're getting it as a thank you for listening to this, being somebody who takes action and hooking Spencer up with, I'd say, I mean, at least 25 bucks. Dang, I would that, love for that'll, somebody to do that'll, that. that'll get me two trips. So yes. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. If you're listening and, uh, to this, do that. It's fun. Let me, let me preface that again. You know what else I would do if I was starting my business early on? I would do fun things. When you hear of somebody that has an anniversary, when you hear of somebody that has a birthday, when you hear of somebody that absolutely loves this, you know, a great way to build no like, and trust with a client is when you hear that they are a huge Detroit Tigers fan, you do something Tigers related for them. You hear that they love that restaurant. At the end of the project, you say, hey, here's a $50 gift card to Brighton Barn Grill. By the way, my wife and I's favorite restaurant in Brighton, Michigan. <laughs> See if somebody's really <laughs> frisky and wants to send me something. You know, and I hand it to them and say, thank you so much for that. Little things. You read, the, you read an article online of that client of yours, daughter who just made the all-state team in this. You're telling me you're not going to send them a quick note, shoot them a quick text and say, hey, I saw so-and-so you know, you know, just got on the All-State team. How cool. You must be so proud. That's so wonderful. You don't think that's building no like, and trust and relationship. That's smart business. So do more fun little things like that. Okay. Genius idea. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know when I get flooded with the gift cards and you can get the courses out there. Okay. I love it. I <laughs> no, no, that's good. Six. I like it. All right. Let's, let's move to revenue. As humans, we're creatures of comparison, you know, I think. And mm-hmm. And that can be sometimes helpful for benchmarks, but sometimes really detrimental and kind of discouraging. So are there like reasonable goals for first, second year kind of revenue? Like you're lit- if you're literally just getting started or wh- I guess, what would you say to that person thinking like, most people are like, I want to 
get to a, a million and then it's five and then it's, you know, 10 and, you know, then you get into it and you realize it's not just a snap of the fingers thing. But I guess, what would you say to kind of yeah. setting some initial so, goals? Yep. So I would say, I would say a few things. I would say one top line revenue means squat. Thank you. How much are you actually making in gross profit? Gross profit is total sales minus all of your cost of goods sold equals gross profit. And then you have all of your business expenses, non-job related. They're called overhead expenses. And then you have your net profit. What we care about is gross profit and net profit. Fast forward as you get this business going. You know, I have clients that are a lot happier at 2.2 million than they were at 3.2 million. They're actually making a lot more money and have a lot less stress. Why do we chart? When, when a client says, I want to grow, my immediate reaction is tell me why you want to grow. Because oftentimes... It's just a vanity thing. It's just like, oh, I just want to hit that number. I just want to get there. That's a that's not a smart, wise, strategic way of thinking. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question by literally not giving an answer what your revenue goal should be. There's some super crazy ambitious people that might do five hundred thousand dollars their first year. There's some crazy ambitious people that might be doing a million dollars in the first 18 months. There's other people who might be doing 150,000 in the first year and be just fine and dandy and kind of slow as it goes. So my answer to the question is more grounded in how much do you need to make to make this thing happen? You're starting your business. Guess what? Guess the what the calculation I was thinking about when I started my coaching business. How do I replace the forty-two thousand dollars I was making as a marketing and showroom manager at Long Kitchen and Bath Design? And how do I pull that off? That's what I cared about. You know, okay, what are my business expenses? How do I do that? That got me through. That got me started. That got me going. And then it's like, okay, let me set a new goal now. Let me set a new goal now. Let me set a new goal now. So start with what you need to make and and. Draw, create a plan around that. Okay, if I need to make that much and I have these business expenses, how much do I need to sell and produce and mark up in order to make that happen? If you read page 46 of Markup and Profit, he'll show you exactly how to calculate your markup based on some of these things. So that's that's where I would go more so. I would say comparison when you have a really established business and you've been in business for 10, 12 years and you've got your numbers kind of under control and they're kind of similar. Comparing with peers at that point is really helpful. Comparing when you're early on is usually just fool's gold. So I would really recommend just, yes, you can dream about some numbers and whatnot, but ground it in you know, some very practical numbers to start with. Yeah, yeah, good advice. Came full circle on knowing your numbers, but yeah, start start with the end in mind, right? You know, what yeah. what do you need for year one? All right, Kyle, we're going to wrap up with our fast five. Before we do that though, how can people connect with you or learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, um, I'm about to change the old brand from what I've had for years of Remodel Your Marketing to Remodelers on the Rise. So I'm going to start Hi. putting that out there of go to remodelersontherise.com. If you go there in the next little while, you'll see just mostly my podcast, which is fine. But in the coming months, you'll see kind of my, you know what I do and how I do it and, and how I can help you. And I would also encourage people to go to remodelerscommunity.com. It's a free Facebook group. It's got over a thousand remodelers in it. And it's just full of really good, helpful people. That is a great, great place for you to ask questions. If you're literally just starting your business, what an opportunity to pick the brains of people who have been there, done that. Everybody's very kind in there and willing to answer questions. So Remodelers on the Rise, look up the podcast and that website and then remodelerscommunity.com. Yeah, and and no BS. I mean, there's a ton of Facebook groups out there. This is probably the top one or maybe it's in the top two or three that I've seen, but I, I would throw it out there and say it's the Spencer, top if you one. Think, if you... I was going to say, if you say it's the top two or three, I need a link to the ones that are better because yeah. I want to I want to see what they're doing. Yeah. And, and and the reason I say that is because every time I jump into that group, like there's actually 
real discussion and not just with the same two people. Like there's a variety of people, they jump in and it's productive. Yeah, it's really helpful stuff. Anyway, you've done a fantastic job building up that group and actually making it one that people look at, pay attention to, ask questions, help people out. It, it really is a good group. So I would, I would recommend joining that and it's totally free. So add, add one more thing there. My strategy behind that, and I got to keep it front of mind is just give, just give. The more you give, you know, a giver's gain is like BNI's philosophy. And think about that when you market, when you're networking. Like if you if you have a strategic partner, we didn't even talk about strategic partners, you know, somebody else who shares the same ideal client as you do, just give, just give, just help, just help. It will come back to you in spades. Totally. All right. Fast five. Favorite business book and why? Favorite business book and why? Favorite business book and why is uh, Duct Tape Marketing by John Jantz. The reason it is, is because it's the thing that gave me the confidence to start my business up. I, I became a duct tape marketing coach. That's kind of the way that I started my business. It's very practical, very clear outline of a marketing plan for a small business. Very cool. All right. Who's the most inspirational person in your life? It's just such a big question. I know. Um, person, we, we go from person, like softball to like really deep, just like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. The person that's uh, that's coming to my mind is a gentleman named Terry Simpson. He's actually probably around here, but he is a man who is really sharp from a business standpoint, cares about his marriage, cares about his family, and similar to me as a, as a strong man of faith. And I see him living out his convictions very, very clearly as a sacrifice to his own time and talents and energy. So he's one that inspires me pretty consistently to look at how I'm living my life. Very cool. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that be? One superpower. The thing that comes to my mind is a superpower of being able to know truly how other people are feeling. Mm. I think there's so much mental strain, mental illness, things that on the surface, on the outside, people look healthy and good. And on the inside, they are they are a wreck. You know, I think back, this is it's been it's been three plus years ago, but you know, a buddy of mine who who took his life, you know, sometimes it's just so shocking when those things happen. And a lot of times people say, I didn't see that coming. So, you know, for serious reasons like that, but also, you know, it's just very practical to be able to read people's minds and how they're feeling and sensing and seeing would be something that would just allow you to serve others in a lot better, deeper way too. So there's my superpower I'd ask for. Like Flying it. would be pretty cool too. That would be cool, but you can only have one. So no. stuff. Yeah. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Practical, empathetic, and fiery. Nice. All right. Final question. Feisty. Feisty. <laughs> if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? One piece of advice would be to, uh, that, that word practical comes to mind, but there's, there's an abundance. I've been in business for 14 years and I have never gotten to the bottom of my to-do list. I don't think I'm ever going to get to my to-do list. So the piece of advice is we try to do too many things at once. We're working on five different on-the-business things at once. And there is a great power in picking one thing that you need to work on, giving yourself a smart goal and a deadline for it, and executing on that. Just do one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And, and if, you're, if you do, the, do that fundamental blocking and tackling consistently, you're going to look up in three months and be like, man, I made some good progress. But if you're trying to do seven things at once, you're not going to make near the progress. So focus on one thing, pick one thing, execute it, give yourself deadlines, some accountability to do it um, and execute. Great advice. Hard to do, but great advice. Hard to do, but is the key. When you unwrap the key to successful entrepreneurs, you see that it's the consistency and it's the fundamentals that have got them there. Same thing with working out, same thing with health, same thing with a healthy marriage. 
it's the basic fundamentals and doing them consistently. And with, with working on the business things, it's taking one thing at a time and getting it actually across the finish line instead of having five half finished things. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, uh, it reminds me of a post I follow on uh, Naval. He's like a investor guy, but talks a lot about life and happiness and all that. And he basically says all these good things in life, you know, health, wealth, you know, relationships play the long game and they're all better with compound interest. So just that yeah. consistency, you know, so exactly. well, Kyle, I always enjoy hanging out with you and appreciate you carving out the time to share your wisdom with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kyle. A couple of takeaways and things we could pull out. One, definitely go check out the community, remodelerscommunity.com. Check out his podcast, remodelersontherise.com. Really enjoyed my friendship and connection with Kyle. Great guy, really knows his stuff. And I think if you like the content we put out on this podcast, you'll really like his podcast as well. But some practical takeaways. Gosh, it's hard to get away from those numbers. You know, I think in business, you know, some people really like the numbers, but I think that's a minority and most people just want them to work out. But you've got to at least understand them to a degree, even if you're going to hire somebody to take care of it or outsource it to somebody um, that's going to kind of track on it, report on it. But if you don't understand them, you won't know what metrics to move and what metrics give you the leverage that you need. So just going all the way back to the, the beginning of the conversation, knowing those numbers. And again, take Kyle up on his offer. If you shoot me over a, a Chipotle gift card, he's got a great course on that. And so that could be a great way to start I and mean, he'll get you access and I don't, I don't need the gift card, but that was the deal he made. So you can, you can find that. Our address is just over on our website, builderfunnel.com. But then the next thing I would actually go to the very end of the conversation is, is figuring out the one big thing in front of you that you need to work on and execute on. And um, what I've found over the years is it's usually one thing or a couple of things that you're going to do daily, weekly, and you just never cave on those. You're always going to do those things and they just start stacking up with, with that compound interest. And you start seeing the effects maybe months later. And sometimes you really see a huge snowball effect years later. But if you just nail down those one or two things, if I won't put words in Kyle's mouth, you would say one thing. So if you nail down that one thing consistently, that can make all the difference. All right, guys, with that, we will see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.